What did you think of the transfer window? The Spurs? We've got two good two good players. I mean, yeah. Timo is a useful player for Spurs. Not, I mean, he was lively. Yep. If they're using him as a main goal scorer, I think they're going to be disappointed. But <laughs> yeah. If they use him as a, someone who's active up front, then he's pretty good at that. He's quite fast, so. Yeah. They will need one of these guys to be able to finish, like Richarlison at least. Well, somebody's going to have to be able to score. That's right. <laughs> They're going to run him, Johnson and Werner up there at once. And but one of those guys is going to have to be able to put one in the net. Isn't Madison coming back shortly? Like, I know yeah, Sonny's away. Maybe in a couple of weeks, yeah. The Asian League, but yeah, if you can just scrape to I think we might draws. get Madison back for the City game in a couple of weeks here. Yep. That'd be nice. But yeah, I like and I like the new uh, center back. I think he could be here forever. I mean, yeah, that's a good he's signing. Like a player, yeah. And, and I think you got value out of um, your offloads. Um, Eric yeah, they Dyer. did, and they 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 got a couple more. To, yeah, exactly. And they got a couple. They have at least one more outgoing to do. I think with uh, well, they had Reggian move today. That was good. Yep. No. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I don't know uh, whether this is Ange or, or Levy. Or did the business goes. much earlier than usual, that's for sure. Yeah. How about them Bulls? They have must... they made any changes for the no. trade deadline? No, not yet. <laughs> no, nothing yet. No movement on uh, the They're doing good enough that they won't do anything now, yeah. Because I did see uh, Pascal Siakam uh, moved today. That's right. Yeah. I mean, there's still buzz around Levine, but... I don't know when that will ever come to fruition. I mean, I don't get it. Uh, no, nah, I don't know. But they're in fourth place. They're still not very good, but they they have been playing better. Yep. Oh uh, well, that's the NBA for you. That's, that's it. Get to the get to the. Uh, I was about to say finals, but that's not what I meant. I meant like in Australian finals. Get to the playoffs, and then away you go. Yep, that's right. They just booch out. Yeah. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Griff. Oh, he's doing it. Oh, no. Oh, that's right. That's right. You know what that means. Uh, this is Griff, that is Tony, and it is the 2023 edition from 2024 of the Drippies. What's up? Yeah, hell yeah. So now, exciting, who was Tony? your standout on the red carpet today? Who was your Bjork in a goose dress? Uh, I got to say it was none other than uh, Riley Gaines of the Real Women of America uh, calendar from the conservative dad's beer company. I thought uh, she was uh, looking really good in her one piece uh, uh, swimsuit there. Now, I, I get that, but you see, for me, it was really Dana Loesch. Mm. We're very much along the same lines, but yeah, Dana Loesch, absolutely outstanding. She is the Lauren Bobert of the beer world. Boy. I forgot she was in that. That's really concerning. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, we've been out here on the on the red carpet all day greeting various luminaries. Um, oh, James Watt was here. It was so good to catch up with him. Hey, who again, knew? he seems to be he seems to be in good spirits, huh? Yeah, who knew? Not in the running for most terrible person in the beer world this year. I mean, he's in it. It seems like every year almost. It's amazing how he manages to keep keep active in the scene. Uh, we ran into. Uh, oh, look at that! It was Kid Rock. We saw Kid Rock today. That was that was awesome. How often do you get to see Kid Rock? Unless you're in Nashville, or or you're hanging out on the Fox News site. That's right. Yeah, and I am there a lot. Uh, and uh, we also saw. Um, oh, it was uh, that. Uh, it was some of the various hippies from the town of Katoomba that hang around Mountain <laughs> Culture. That was kind of cool to see. Are they hippies or are they washed out? Or I think a little bit of both. It was kind of cool. I think I think you got a nice mix. Um, yeah, it was a great time out here, Tony. We're going to of course be doing uh, all of our awards for last year. We we do this every year for those of you who are new to the show. Go through some of our best and worst items of the year: beers, seltzies. Hey, uh, bars, any of those things, people we didn't like, all that stuff. But uh, this is a news show, first and foremost. Everybody knows how that we're a serious uh, news magazine, much like Dateline, Stone Phillips, uh, 60 Minutes, Andy Rooney. Uh, what else was another? Current Affair, Tracy Grimshaw. Current Affair. It was Inside Edition, one of those, maybe. Yep. Um, we're just like that, so... And the news never stops, so I think we have to do a brief edition uh, for today's show right off the top of Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. Gotta mash it up today. Can probably hit it a second time. Boy, when you mix it up, it really does give it a light satanic <laughs> element to it that really you're unreplicable. Um, all right, so this was uh, from the category of news that does not leave the forefront of my eyes for at least two entire days. Um, also, thank you to PMAC for sharing this with us. Uh, Mickler signs deal with Carlsberg. Carlsberg a large um, European, mainly Danish brewer, has acquired a 20% stake in Mikkeler. That will see Mikkel Bjergso, I'm sure that's how you say his name, maintain controlling interest and remain as CEO. So Carlsberg has taken a 20% stake. Uh, and so what does that mean, right? So what, what of course, Mikkeler is positioning it as is this is going to help us with our uh, distribution inside Denmark and inside Europe makes yeah. sense. That's what they should. That's what they should say, right? That makes every bit of sense for them to say. Um, what do people assume, and what do I? I guess I assume also at some point uh, that 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 controlling that stake can become a controlling stake. Now, there's two things in play here with that stake. So, uh, right now there are some Americans that already own about 40-something percent or so of the Mickler uh, brand. So um, they're, they're already in a partnership here. Yep. Um, 
now there's also the component uh, that I would I would point out of that Mickler runs uh, bars, a lot of them, franchise bars, bars they've done in partnership with other companies. Uh, they've franchised their name and their branding. They maybe franchise their. I don't even know if it's just purely that they've they've helped uh, spur their um, or. or or they've used their their buying power in those places, maybe to support partners that are working out there. Do I think so? So what does that all mean? There, there's a lot of this is a pretty complex business, and what I would guess is the people that if you're saying, well, they're just going to turn that into a hundred percent share. I guess I would say that's unlikely. Now, is it the case where they could do that in a fifty percent share, or eighty percent share, similar to maybe how? Um, how there we go. Now my internet is frozen again. So hold with me, people. Griff will be back in a second. Uh, my stream yard has dropped. Houses all over. That I'm skeptical about if uh, the bar game is one that Carlsberg wants to get into. Not sure. Uh, could be, could not be. Uh, it's hard to tell. Uh, do I think it's good or bad? You know, after all these years, I, we've talked about this on the show before. I can't really tell anymore. Um, I don't really know anything about Carlsberg. I'm sure it's a shitty big ass company that will that is not pleasant to work with or be around. Uh, much like most of these, do I think Mickler beers are some sort of minus the Baghaven stuff? Uh, do I think it's like unimpeachably awesome beer that they produce? Not really. <laughs> uh, nobody goes to the Mickler beer fest to drink Mickler beer. Very few people go to a Mickler bar to drink Mickler beer. You go there to, because they have some crazy shit on tap from all their friends. Um, yep. You go there because there's a ton of amazing breweries at the festival. Um, you go there because they have good atmosphere. All that stuff could be true. But rarely is it the case where you're like, damn, I got to get that new Mickler IPA. That just is not the case. And it's nearly never been the case, minus a few specific standouts, especially their sour stuff. But... Um, so I presume there will be some big changes from this uh, for them. Uh, I hope all the workers and all the people who are employed by Mickler are stable. That's we, what you really hope is the outcome of this. Yeah. There's not a bunch of layoffs or a bunch of shitty corporate stuff that happens. Um, maybe it gives them some extra stability. They seem to be back on the profitable train after just trimming their business down. Um, that's a good sign. Uh, but uh, in the end, do I think it's good? No, I don't know. I just think that I think the wheels of capitalism churning is not good. Uh, but it's also the inevitable outcome of this shit, right? It yeah. seems like. I, I think the concern is how's the management structure going to hold up there? I'm not worried so much about complete buyouts or 80% buyouts, but we've already got a situation where you've got um, the original owner hold, only holding 40% of the stake by my calculations, um, another company holding another 40% and then now a big multinational holding that other 20%. Can there be a cohesive vision coming from that place? And I don't mean just in like beer production, but the things that, that made it great, the, the pubs, can they survive sort of that corporate interference? That'll be the challenge going forward and, and how that bears out. Maybe it, they've sold 39% of their stake and 19% of yeah. their stake and they still have a controlling interest in the whole thing. But that is definitely a concern for me. But you got to look at a little bit too, 
Yes. So they're, they've essentially gone from one. So they were that stake that that Carlsberg bought was a private equity stake. Okay. Or, Orcula is a private equity company. Uh, you might know some of the other brands Orcula runs. Uh, one of the most famous ones is Oatly. You familiar with Oatly, Tony? Oat milk? Um, it's not a brand in Australia, but I am familiar with it through its like big use in America, yes. Are you familiar with Club Bruges, the no. Belgian soccer club? Um, oh. They own some of that. Yep. Uh, they own something called Down the Drain Production, a leading independent music festival and promotion platform in Scandinavia. Nice. Uh, they they have a portion of the Bellator Fighting Championship. Uh, I don't know anything about fighting. Um, so yeah, they own. They have. Um, this was already private equity. So Mikkel, the, the I think the fantasy that we all want to believe of that the listen these founders built these companies with their own two hands and they own the hair of the dog fantasy, right? It's hair yeah. of the dog. They're an amazing brewery that this one guy owned for his whole working life, pretty much made these incredible beers and then faded away into the distance with his beautiful barley wines off, you know, out in the world, the last ones. And it was this beautiful thing, right? Nobody wanted to take it over. He didn't want to sell it. It's amazing, right? That shit just ain't going to happen. No. And, uh, you know, this guy was already in with in bed with private equity. Now he's in bed with corporate money, right? With with them, and that and that's that's just the nature of the the beast here. And you, you hope your favorite breweries hold out for as long as they can and make as much great beer as they can and do as many cool things as they can. And then they sort of have this inevitable absorption into the, you know, real world. I guess. <laughs> yeah, but it just comes down to management and. Uh, my issue is not the fact that um, these corporate entities have stakes in, in things like Mikula. It's what is the structure like? Who is in control? I don't even care. Where, I, I did say if he maintains control, but I, it's not so much even that. Is there a clear vision? Is this a hands-off stake? Is this, as you were saying, buying entry into a market? Is this a big reason for it? Is this buying entry into the pub? Um, scene right. and, and, and the distribution sector. All that stuff concerns me a lot less than if they're going to to try and throw their corporate weight around. Um, and we've seen it with Budweiser um, from time to time where they've been completely hands-off breweries. And then there have been other times where um, they've been taken over by big corporate for, uh, firms and big beer companies and they've the brands have, have degraded really super quickly um yep. so it, it it's not a one size fits all and and most businesses do not have that fantasy like you were talking about that are one man bands that are free from um investment one way or another it, it's it's varying degrees of scale and as you go higher and higher up the production chain those investments need to be larger and tend to be more corporate um, and it's just a matter of striking that balance and and maintaining an identity, and that's that's really a concern for me. Yep, let's see what happens, right? I mean, is it going to become like Goose Island, the brew pub, where it just turns into a soulless, empty vessel? Yep. Um, I think that's that's really going to be the e- either it will either we'll learn something different about Danish entrepreneurship or Danish. Uh, corporations that we don't that doesn't hold true about americans definitely could be um 
or we'll find out it's all the same shit, right? And they say, well, we got to trim the fat here. Uh, we we got to turn these into something a little more manageable and, and trim out all this waste. You guys are buying a expensive keg of delicious stuff. Fuck that. Get the hell out of here. Put, put some of our beer on. You know, we make it cheap. So we'll see if we'll see if any of that stuff sticks around. That said, uh, my my indignance only goes so far. I will, of course, still be going to NBCC. Uh, I already got my tickets. So yeah, <laughs> but it, yeah. that that really isn't a concern at this point, no. is it? If you, no, if you go um, this year and it's all Carlsberg beer, then yeah, you, you'd probably not go again. If you're somebody who wants to go, I would go soon. Would be my advice. If you're somebody who's been thinking about going to NBCC someday, uh, I would, and and it's of, of the means for you to do, uh, I would do it soon because, just like anything else in in that ecosystem, right? It's it's likely going to change or end or something, right? There's going to be a point um, where this is different. Um, whether that means that, uh, I don't know if it means that Carlsberg is going to buy a twenty percent stake every year. Uh, they probably won't, honestly. You know, I doubt that- it. Um, but. It, it could mean that, you know, some of these more indulgent type things uh, slip slip through the fingers. And um, so go out there and do it now. The dra- the um, the brewery list looks stupid, so you'll have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to drop out. I mean, I would, I would be blown away if somebody dropped out because of this. These breweries have a realistic view of the world, I think. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not all yeppy. I mean, yeppy bitches and moans all the time like he's some sort of superhero, but... Um, and, and maybe he is right. I hope he is. I hope he sticks around and runs evil twin the way he does it now for eternity. But yeah. you know, it's just like the Greg cook thing, right? You can pound your fist on the table about fizzy yellow beer and how you'll never sell out yep. and how much you hate Coors or whatever. And then you're all of a sudden someone shows up with a wheelbarrow full of money at your door, you know? Yeah. Stone and wood. Great example of that weeks before they were sold to, it. um, a multinational, they were, they were saying that we'll never sell, we're independent, beating their chest. But, hey, right. who sold up when they needed to, when they were going to make their biggest profit? Yeah. Firestone Walker. I mean, that, I mean they, they, were, they never did that type of thing, but they, may, they, they might have gotten the most money of anyone other than Ballast Point, who should have <laughs> never gotten it. But, um, you know, the, there's plenty of good breweries who have been bought by, especially by the European ones like Duval. Um, and that, that's yep. been a different outcome, you know. Yeah. So I guess we'll just have to see. We will see how this plays out with, with Carlsberg. I'm, I'm sure it'll be a little different than anything where you hopefully doesn't go the Sapporo route where uh, they end up anchor steaming their way to the, you know, <laughs> bankruptcy line or whatever. Um. All right, Tony, that was the news. That was all the news I wanted to unload. Uh, depressing, not quite. Un- uncertain, maybe a little. Uh, we'll see how that Inevitable. stuff evolves over the next yes. little bit. Inevitable, more than likely. And now I think we can move on to the fun part. Let's tighten up our, our bow ties and, uh, you know, uh, uh, our various, our cummerbunds and uh, start, uh, let's start with these awards. We are going to start. On the on the nasty side of things, we are going to start with some of the worst beers we drank this year. Tony, yep, is going to be our first award. So, Tony, this is worst beer of 2020, 2020, 2020, 2023. I had a, I had a stroke in the middle of saying twenty twenty three. It's okay. 
And uh, first, I'd like to read off our audience uh, our audience nominee. This is from Nick Torque. Thank you, Nick, who nominates Great Northern Super Crisp Lager. Um, he looks he looked back in hindsight, and his untapped rating of one point five seemed quite generous. Now, Tony, I never I didn't get to my hands around a uh, my my lips around a uh, Great Northern Super Crisp. Would you say this is a poor beer? I wouldn't. I wouldn't be that harsh on it. I don't like the style, but it's it's well made. There's there's no fault to it. There's no flavour to it. That that can be an issue. It's sweet. It's like it's an Australian macro. I don't even think it's the worst. I th- I still think VB is a far worse beer. I think um, there are other ones. Out there that are, that are worse. Forex, um, I think, is is worse out of the CUB line again. Um, it's not a good beer. I'm not trying to excuse it. I think 1.5 is harsh. I think I think two is is well enough. If if you're on a in a beer drought and really need right. a beer, it'll 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 just about pass. You'll just about be able to get it down. But it's a well made, flavorless macro lager. 4X seems to have the least, the one among the worst ratings. I'm looking. I'm looking yep. at it. Uh, that's a 2.64. That's pretty bad. Um, even compared to some American macros, that's pretty bad. Super Crisp is 2.73. So, um, all right, Nick, that's a good nominee. Yeah. Tony, why don't you go ahead with your your nominee for the worst beer of the year? Well, can I just briefly explain what my thoughts were behind um, my sure. potential nominees? Either there's got to be a fundamental flaw in the recipe thought, um, like putting something in there that shouldn't go and then doesn't like go. Bana- like bananas and mangoes maybe into a beer. <laughs> I can show you a picture of that. That yeah, hey, It tastes all right. Sure. It just looks like sludge. Mm. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, but so that that was my thinking going into this. And if you're going to sell a beer, it should be fucking fault free. It shouldn't have a huge amount of diacetyl in it. Shouldn't have buttered popcorn. But this beer did, and it was one five one brew house in Q. Um, that beer, that pale ale, was fucking atrocious. Nick, if you think. Great Northern is bad. I want to see how you can rate one five one um, pale above one one five. One one five. Sorry, um, I'm going to get that wrong all throughout the show. Uh, there's a hint, people. Um, it is really um, an unpleasant experience that beer, and I rated it way too high. I don't go back in hindsight and re-rate it, but that's just a beer where no care was taken. There was a Tremendous fault, and then they put it out for sale. Um, just unforgivable, really. Rip. That sounds terrible, Tony. I I agree with you that maybe there's fundamental flaws in the recipe can be one uh, issue, but I do think there is still a place for beers that are just an ill-advised um, concept. Uh, you may be able to execute on your concept appropriately. And make it to the to a T of what what it was you were trying to make and what you would even expect it to be, but should you have ever done it is really a question I think a lot of times we should ask ourselves. And uh, in this case, I maybe these companies thought I'm glad I did this, but 
Unfortunately, it had a poor result for me. I, this is a beer I did. I believe I did try to drink this on the on the stream, um, or on the stream on the on the. Uh, let me try to see if I can find the on, to, on, on the podcast. It is the Hormel uh, Chili Cheese Brew. It's made by a brewery called Modest, an excellent brewery called Modest, from Minnesota. It was a lager brewed with Pilsner malt and flaked corn and conditioned on Hormel's proprietary chili spice blend and cheddar cheese, Tony. And, Tony, you can't argue with the execution. They did make it taste like those things. It was a well-made lager. It was, um, I'd say the lager part of it was dry. However, that flavor of, of chili flavor... And specifically canned chili. Tony, I'm not sure if you've ever even had canned chili. It's I'm not a pleasant with it. thing to eat. Yeah. It, it does have a dog food-like um, consistency yeah. to it. And you could almost – it's one of those things where you, can, if you taste it, you can feel the mouthfeel of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know that, what I mean? You're like, oh, I know this. Yeah. To it, but the meat's also yeah. dry at the same time. So the the least favorite for me was the Hormel chili cheese brew. I just – I can't get that thought of it out of my mouth. In the head, and uh, good news, I still have two cans of it, uh, which I will be trying to make chili with this weekend. In fact, um, and I actually I expect it will be good. Yeah. Um, can, can I whether make... I taste what's in it or not, I don't know, but uh, we'll see. I can I just make one suggestion: use one can for chili and age that sucker for twelve months to see what happens. Now, oh, God, a two-year-old chili beer, yummy. Yep. So um, the drippy goes to. It has to be the Hormel. Let's be clear. The uh, Hormel right. chili cheese beer um, has to be the winner. When you um, talk about something that is fundamentally flawed and should have never been released, great marketing exercise. Once you taste it, you've got to know that this this is just a stunt and it'll only get you so much PR. The other ones we talked about, bad macro beer is always going to be a thing and badly made beer especially on a small scale, is always going to be a thing. But talking about terrible beers, Hormel has to win it. Yeah, quite unpleasant. Tony, I think you're right. Uh, For, you know, the 115 Pale was a close second, I got to say, just because I was looking at the recipe, not the recipe, the description of it, and I'm like, this sounds good, right? I'm like... (laughs) It's like they loaded up. It's like we put the three different hoppings of Galaxy in it. We used, you know, Kolsch malt or whatever. I'm like, okay, it should be fine, right? Um, how did you fuck that up? Um, so I'm, I'm curious to know that, but that's all right. All right, next up, we are going to do the worst brewery. Tony, why don't you kick us off? What would you say is this year's worst brewery nominee? Well, it really dominated the headlines for this show. It dominated... Um the um, hyper beer near dog shit news. It is a company that is barely a beer company, but it does produce beer. They changed their brewery halfway through the year. That is ultra right wing beer. Yeah. Boy, I got to agree with you, Tony. Ultra right. Um, unfortunately, we did not get to try any, any of their beer yet. Although there is still a chance. And like I've said before, if we can raise 250 bucks through our uh, 
fundraiser to get Tony the States, I will buy a six pack of uh, ultra right beer and drink it. Uh, not all of it. I will drink one of them on our podcast and I will even, I'll tape some video of me drinking it. If you guys really want to see me like pound this thing or bong it or something, um, I'll do it. I'll, I'll be a monkey and dance. Give us some money. So Tony can come over. But, um, I think, uh, the, the challenge there is that we, we just have to get some, but I know it's just awful. They, they've made all the headlines for all the worst reasons. Yep. And they're such a bad brewery. They don't even have one. They got some bro making their beer up in, in Florida somewhere. And they yeah. had already had to move three times, <laughs> um, which is tremendous to think about. Uh, I do want to uh, mention our audience nominee, too. for the uh, Yet again, another mention, um, the 115 Brewhouse. A single sad and very disappointing pale ale was their only offering when Tony and I uh, rocked up rain-soaked at their tap room in April, rated it 0.75, which is half of what Nick is giving the uh, <laughs> Great Northern Super Crisp Lager. And uh, let's announce the winner here, Tony. Who we got? It is one one five brew house in. Town. Oh man, give it's it an upset. Name. Now, this is even more disappointing for me because that location is right where I used to live. Literally, maybe five hundred meters from where I used to live in Q. And we've lost several pubs in the area, so it was quite disappointing that that was their best craft beer offering. On the plus side, we were literally a kilometre away or less from Rambler's Ale House. Um, I don't know whether we ended up checking. I think we might have left from Q because we were both rain-soaked and bitterly disappointed after that beer. But I would definitely be skipping over 115 Brewhouse in Q. That was super disappointing. All right. You know what? We didn't make it there when I was in, in town, so we dodged that bullet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, then we right, move on up. to the uh, yeah. worst personality for the year. Um, we, we normally have a lifetime contender for this one. Um, we normally have... Some perpetual nominees, actually. It's normally, what's his name from Hill Farmstead? Um, oh, Sean Hill. Yeah, I almost said Sean White, the snowboarder. Sean <laughs> Hill. Uh, we usually, you know what? We usually have to throw in Taffer. And uh, I believe Taffer won last year. We have yep. uh, James Watt. James Watt is uh, who the I was famous, of. The uh, famous brew dog um, founder and steam engine creator. Uh uh, you know, and this year I think we have we've added a new face to the um, eternal uh, list, the Hall of Fame of shitty beer personalities. Um, it is the conservative dad, Seth Weathers, I believe is his name. Yes, uh, that is his name. Don't wear it out. And he uh, was back throughout the year this year after the April um, – you know, the Kid Rock whole shit. And uh, he came out with his ultra-right, non-woke beer. He had his calendar. Uh, his website's still kicking. Uh, his, yep. Uh, what, are we, what are we looking at, the price of beer lately? Nine, oh, 95 shit. or 6 nine ninety-five, and they it doesn't even say they're doing 50% off anymore. Now no. it's just nine ninety-five. It used to be nineteen ninety-five. Oh, no, it does still say it on the picture. Nine ninety-five. Uh, you can, um, 
it does. This is oh yeah, this is the website that talks about going to the toilet a lot. Yes. In the description <laughs> of the beer, it says a lot about toilet and bathroom, which is very funny. Um, and you can buy the swimsuit for seventy dollars, Tony. Uh, it's eighty-two percent polyester <laughs> uh, on this guy's website, and that's nice to know. The if you're wondering the here. fabric weight. The fabric weight is 6.87 ounces per yard squared, and the weight could vary by 5%, just a heads up, in case you're getting that shipped um, overseas, maybe. But yeah, I think um, Seth Weathers, conservative ad, our worst personality. Now, we did get a nominee for Tim Martin, COVID denier, Brexit supporter, and Doc Brown lookalike, owner of Weatherspoons, uh, and... Uh, now, Weatherspoons pubs, I was interested to see that um, Nick enjoys Weatherspoons pubs. Uh, there's a lot of mixed mixed reviews of Weatherspoons pubs. I've always had a good experience at a Weatherspoons. Uh, it's, it's, I know it's sort of a chain pub type place, but yeah. I've, I've been to a few of them. You know what? Honestly, I've been to a couple in airports even, and they serve a good pint, and it's nice for an airport. So I've never had an issue with it. But... Um, I I um I'd be interested in hearing more of his take on that. But uh, oh, Tony, who's our winner? Why don't you tell us? Probably a surprise winner. Most people would have thought we would have picked Seth Weathers, but I would have picked Seth Weathers probably. But I'm, I'm let's hear it. Well, that Seth Weathers is a con man. We know that it's a con man who dabbled in point. beer. The reason why Tim Martin gets the vote, this is a publican <laughs> through and through, a beer business person through and through who That's true. voted for his own wealth self-interest while voting against his business self-interest. And that has like right-wing, like oh, yeah. delusional Trump Boris Johnson's supporter written all over it, and that to me (laughs) is why he is the absolute fucking winner. Great nomination. Um, I just looked at this guy, and you're you're exactly right. This guy is so fucked up looking. (laughs) He had to win. Nobody who looks like this guy should be had couldn't win this. Why do every everyone who gets not? I mean, Seth Weathers, whatever. He's a dickhead, and he's like got a shitty tan or whatever, but. Uh, everybody who's won this award over the years is the most fucked up looking person. Yep. We had John Taffer, who is a just definitively strange looking person. Uh, James Watt, same, right? I mean, that guy's super, super fucked up looking. And then we get this guy who might take the cake for just strange looking fellows. Can I give you a description? See if you agree with me. Cause I think, I think, um, Nick's onto something. It's Doc Martin. Mixed with a good pinch of Steve Bannon. I was going to say, yeah, Doc Brown with Steve Bannon. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, um, and yeah, and maybe a little Boris in there too. Throw a little Boris into the mix. Good it's pretty fun. All right, that was a good one. All right, last couple of the worst awards here. This was the worst news of the year, and I'm going to go first. The worst news of the year to me is the closing of Metropolitan in uh, in Chicago. Uh, the, the whole saga, very depressing, uh, where uh, they got essentially forced out um, through a very expensive 
You know, they made a bad rent deal, we'll say, right? A bad deal with a bad landlord. Nobody really didn't get any ability to work with them and just got sort of dumped out onto the, into the river. Yep. Um, so a real shame all around. I did see that their whole brand, IP, everything just got auctioned off entirely. It'll be interesting to see who won that auction. That's a curiosity. But they're gone now. Tony, how about you? What kind of nominee you got for that? I've got a like not a one business nominee. This surrounds Australian craft beer. And we had our first real correction in the market is how I'm going to put it. Um, we had several places go into administrations. Dayton, yeah. um, there was there was several others, but Dayton really headlined it. Bad Shepherd, um, Wayward, all went into uh, administration. In all cases, it was voluntary, but it does show um, that there is a correction coming for the Australian craft beer market, and that's not really a great sign so that would be my nominee i know it's not a person or a thing but that to me was the most depressing piece of news so yeah for sure griff would you like to announce the winner oh and the winner for the worst news uh boy it's sad to say is metro the uh, news of metro is closing very depressing uh, we'll try to carry on. I only have, I don't know, a handful of cans left of my final delivery of Metropolitan beer. So, uh, we'll see how long I can stretch that out before it starts tasting funny. All right, Tony, this is a fun one. This is for the worst bar atmosphere. Um, now Tony, uh, I, I have a couple nominees here. I want to throw out. Oh, multiple. Yeah, nominees. I got a couple. Um, my first one I'm going to say is a place called Beerhead, unfortunately named Beerhead. Uh, listen, we've all gotten some Beerhead. Come on, right? All right, guys. <laughs> okay. So, um, this place is a, in Schaumburg, Illinois, a place with no atmosphere, a town, a whole city of them that has no atmosphere. But, uh, this bar has a fucking amazing draft list. It's in this strip mall. It had uh, bottle logic, barrel barrel aged bottle logic. It had more bar- barley wine. It had half acre fresh IPAs, all this shit. But the place inside is just an office. Might as well be an office building. It's m- absolutely no character whatsoever. Just corny as all get out. Um, but whatever it did, I was able to sit there for a long enough time and drink barley wine that I didn't like go blind or get a headache from the fluorescent lighting. Uh, the other one I'm going to throw out is a place here in Vegas. In fact, a uh, relatively new place called taps and barrels. This sounds like a place I would love Tony. Doesn't yeah, it? it does. Well, Tony, it's just a combination of all the types of shit. I hate the first one being pour your own beer bars. Uh, I do not care for the pour your own beer no. bars. You ever seen these? Oh, no. they're like, um, Oh, it sucks. Oh, you'll see one when you come over here. But they uh, they charge you by the ounce, so it inevitably is way more expensive. Of course. For, and, uh, for less stuff. You, Love it. And this place feels like a co-working space. You ever, like, it, it feels like you're at a WeWork. <laughs> There's just That's long, exactly the company I was going to mention. Long co-working tables, essentially. They're very long tables. That's the whole building is just these long tables. 
You have to pour your own beer. Um, they usually do have a couple of decent beers on. Actually, I'm not kidding. I think they had a barrel-aged bottle logic not long ago, but it's like next to Twisted Tea. So they have like Twisted Tea, barrel-aged bottle logic, like Bush, what, you never know. But this place is very strange. Um, I've been there a couple times. People swear by some of the food and stuff. I guess it's been getting better crowd lately, but I haven't been there in a couple months. But, yeah, type some barrels. I just hate pouring my own. I don't get why people want to pour their own beer. We like pouring a beer is like a technique. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine going to Belgium or Germany and being like, Oh, I'm opening a port. It's fucking crazy. Like we, a whole way to do this. You know, uh, it just seems, seems insane to me, but whatever. Tony, how about you? To me, um, it is 115, uh, the brew house in Oh, my Q. God, Tony. These guys are getting their fucking ass blown out. Jesus. Well, this, it had the smell of a dive pub. We all love a dive bar and a dive pub. Mm-hmm. Like, not, not like super shitty, but, you know, just like a little bit of stale mar- bar mat going on. But I really think Nick and I were the only ones to buy beer there maybe in three months. Uh, which isn't a good sign. It had a very, like, staff that didn't give a fuck because uh, they were hotel staff. Mm-hmm. They um, <laughs> looked, were dressed like hotel staff because it is partly a hotel and it is more a hotel bar than anything else. And then the crowd that were in there were all locals. And as somebody that lived in this suburb, um, the locals can be... They want to be like upper class. It's it's upper middle class, like drive their Range Rovers kind of deal. Right. Um, and so they're they're always made up to the nines. They only ever drink red wine, whatever the house red going is, because they're never buying a bottle. Uh, and they're not buying the good stuff because, well, they got disposable income. They'd rather spend twelve dollars on a bottle uh, on a glass of of house red rather than the. Uh, 80 or 90 that a place like this would offer a bottle of red for. So that is my nomination. The crowd was pretty appalling. All right, Tony. Uh, we also have an audience nominee. This is for the Imperial Hotel in Avenel. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, dirty sure. and rundown, sticky threadbare carpets, aggressive bar staff, and terrible beer in the middle of nowhere. Coincidentally, the place has been for sale for years, but nobody wants to buy it. Shocking. Tony, let's hear this winner. The winner. No, it's Taps and Barrels. Yeah, yep. it's Taps and I'm jumping in for you, Tony. Taps and Barrels, one of the strangest places I've ever been. Uh, don't understand it. Doesn't make any sense to me as a place to go. Uh, best of luck to him. Yeah. Um, yeah, just sounds fucking awful. I don't mind pouring my own beer, but I'm not going to get charged by the ounce by it. Like, I do that at Mathco, but I don't get charged at all when I do that. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you, it's not like pouring your beer off of a regular line either. It feels, yep, it doesn't that. feel, that it's different. Yeah, it's not good. Yep. It sounds um, like one of these um, wine bars that I think, again, popped up in Vegas. It is a, a little bit like that with the... Um, but those things even are a little different in that they just like dispense it out. This is sort of like you do have a handle you pull 
I don't know. It's it's very strange, and I'm, I'm guessing the way I don't know. I you'll we'll, I'll, don't worry, Tony. We'll we'll go lay eyes on it when you're here. Um. All right. Uh, we have one more from the worst side of it, and that is for the worst draft list of the year. Now I've kept this to places that specialize in beer. Um, I'm not doing the worst draft list of the year to say like, oh damn, it was. Um, Pizza you know, Hut. Bob and Bob, yeah, Bob and Pegs, uh, eighteen sixty four um, Tavern only had Miller High Life. You know, fuck that. I'm not doing that. These are places that are supposed to have a draft list that is like good, and you want to yep. drink beer at. And the one I'm putting up is, and this is unfortunate because I don't dislike this place, but it, it's and this is sort of from a moment in time too. I don't think they always have the worst. Same with draft my nominee. List. It's the one I worked in. I walked in on, um, and this was. A fateful trip to a place called Beer Zombies here in Vegas. Beer Zombies, of course, I think well documented on this show, a local, I guess now a local brewery, uh, as they did just recently purchase a brewery here. They, they've historically been a contract brewery. They run three or four bars here in the area. Generally nice enough bars with a few decent beers on and a little bit of a can fridge there. But on this particular occasion... I walked in, and all that was available was six six gloops, six different. <laughs> they had ten drafts, six gloops, three hazies, each above eight percent, and uh, and one occidental uh, uh, lager. And it was like an alt beer or something. Which, no offense to alt beer, but I'm also just like, okay, do I? It's like it's like 108 degrees. Do I want to drink alt beer right now? I don't know. Um, this is what I walked in into with really. So I pretty much you walk into that and I'm, and I'm saying I got one option. There's one beer I can drink and it's alt beer. That's it. And the alt beer is of course fine. It's from Occidental. There's nothing wrong with that. But what are you doing at this place where you have nothing but six fruit beers, like, and thick ass fruit beers too, all of them above six and a half percent, you know, Imperial ass Berliner Weiss and uh, three super creamy hazies in the one beer just blew my mind um that was wild tony how about you mine goes to mafco oh no <laughs> now this comes don't down do it, to don't a bit do of it to them here they're right down the street <laughs> this comes down to a slightly like rookie mistake this comes down to on the i think it was the 19th of december we did a canning run Sure. And that left us threadbare for the busiest time of year, uh, the 23rd, 24th, and 27th were fucking crazy. So Mafco went from eight taps of their own uh, product down to six. So what they ended up having to do was call in a favour. Uh, I'm not going to mention the brewery's name because they're another local brewery. They helped uh, Mafco out in a situation. Um, but I will say one of the beers that they put on would have made, if I had have checked it in, which I still might do, would have made my top three worst beers for the year. No, uh, no. And it was a beer with ginger flavour, not, not an alcoholic ginger beer. Um, right. They got the kegs for free, but... Their beers aren't generally great. 
Um, so there were two of the, two of the um, taps were taken up by them. One was a cider that leaves five beers, and the other beers I had had for quite some time. I will say the Nipa and the pineapple sour were standouts, and potentially may save it from being the winner. Let's announce that winner now, though. It has to be Beer Zombies because... No. Let's be honest. If you've got 10 taps, you've got to at least have two drinkable candidates. Not one. It's got to be at least two drinkable candidates. So that, that gets the win, in my view. I agree with you, Tony. I think, I think a place like Beer Zombies, where they... Or uh, not well. They produce a lot of beer, whether it be through their own brewery or, or contract. They they should be able to produce. Oh, internet connection's gone again, people. Griff will be back in a second. I'll just vamp. Every forty minutes, it tends to go out. It's really weird. I will have to look into histies. Oh, sorry about that, Griff. Uh, we missed what you were saying there. My internet connection dropped out. Oh, no. Well, that's that's all for the unfortunately named Pissy Awards. Now let's move on to uh, the best ofs of the year. Tony, we're going to start off uh, with the best event of the year, and I think you and the audience had the same event. Yeah, because the audience happens to be Nick Talk, and that is the side project event at Cowan. It really changed my outlook on beer. Every one of the beers was a banger, um, amazing um, uh, section of beer. We walked out of that place in a happy mood, but it, the volume of beer was just about perfect. Um, the bottle yeah. pours were tremendous value. You wouldn't think they were based on their price. But it was an amazing event, um, amazing day, um, one that I won't soon forget, and it still sticks in my bo- my mind. There are a handful of beers that really do stand out, and I'm sure they, they stand out for Nick as well. Um, just absolutely phenomenal. Yes. Yep, hard to argue with that. Um, mine for the year is Great Taste Midwest. Just a great event every year. I always have an amazing time. This year, maybe got a little more tipsy than I wanted, <laughs> but can't blame them for the heat. Uh, a little bit toasty out there this year. Might have worn me down a little quick, but everything fantastic. Ran into a bunch of good friends in the Midwest. Had a great time. Uh, it's just a great party every year, so shout out to that. Tony, why don't you let us know our winner? If it changes your outlook on beer, it has to be mm. the side project event at Cowan. And it changed not only my outlook on beer, but even somebody like Nick, who is a super experienced beer drinker. Um, just an amazing event. Well worth doing. Excellent. Yep. You know Got the quality of their beers. Yeah. And it, it wasn't just the side projects that you see out and about all the time. There was There was some whales on that list. Oh, yeah. Yeah, BBT and everything there. It was crazy. Great stuff, Tony. I'm glad you got to go to that. I We drank some side project at Carwin that might make an appearance later on the list, too, in fact. Uh, Tony, 
Next up, I have a new – there's a newcomer this year. This is for the best draft list of the year. We did worst yep. draft list. Now we got the best draft list. Tony, how about you go first on this one? Mine is Bimash. While I give an honourable mention to Carwin, potentially an, another nominee, they aren't my nominee. I, I think Carwin is always solid and what you can buy in cans there – is actually far superior to the place I am going to nominate. But for me, the place I've been to several times because it's more convenient for me to get to than Carwin, it's Beer Mash. Uh, they have 12 taps or so, I think it is. Um, it's always yeah. a solid list. Um, and even when they have a tap taker, there's normally enough variety to keep you interested. Um, really outstanding venue, uh, can people watch there as well, which I know has nothing to do with who has the best draft lifts, but atmosphere plays an important part in the whole thing. So, and falafels down the street. Oh yeah. Right. They had the good falafel down there. That shit was yummy. Tony, mine is going to be the hop leaf. I mean, for all the great shit hop leaf does from an atmosphere standpoint, they are keeping an absolutely mind blowing draft list on at all times, including the most recent time I was there where it, it spanned all grounds from having Cantillon on draft to having every uh, having Dovetail Lagers, Three Floyds IPAs, uh, Trillium IPAs, uh, every Belgian uh, Trappist style you could imagine, uh, and right down to when you get to the bottom of the list, and they have essentially a permanent tap dedicated to Revolution Barrel Age now, including <laughs> custom kegs. Nobody's doing it like these guys. Uh, you And they also have two house beers now that they keep on, made by Art History, which is an amazing brewery out in the suburbs, making a Czech dark lager and a uh, pale house pale ale for them. You just don't beat Hopleaf. Uh, the longer they, the lo- they, they seem to grow stronger uh, with every year that passes, now over 30 years being open. Uh, if you're in Chicago, it's it's one you can't miss for a insane set of beers and the best mussels and fries in the city. Shout out to those guys. Nice work. Tony. It has to be hop leaf. Everything you said yeah, sounds amazing. The mussels tipped it over the edge. They were already going to be the winners, but I'm a sucker for mussels and fritz. Yep. More frit at uh, hop leaf. Doesn't get any better. Any better than that. Now, the problem is, though, you also want to eat the Montreal uh, smoked meat sandwich while you're there, which is essentially a fancy pastrami sandwich. So um, they're making that in-house, too, and that, that's, a great, that's a great thing to eat. All right, congrats to the Hop Leaf. Maybe a first, I guess, a first-time winner yep. here somehow. Um, well, because it's a new category, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> next up, there's another new category, I think. This is the best beer trend. Beer trend of the year. Now, Tony, I think this might be the first one where we had all we have all agreed. This yep. is a unanimous category. So, so I'm just going to hit the drop very now. Clear. Yep. All right, I'll read it from Max himself, our audience nominee here. The best trend of 2023 is the wave of good lager-focused styles continues to rise and reclaim some of the space reserved for IPAs on tap 
list on tap lists all across the land. Tony, you said it was the year of the logger. I said year of the logger. Yep. Threw in a little spice for the year of the check dark logger. I think we've seen a growth in that style too. But um, I think Max put it best. Uh, we finally had the year of the logger. It happened. This was the year of the logger. And everybody who said this wouldn't be the year of the logger or said that next year won't be the year of the logger was wrong. I mean, I guess you were wrong if you said next year is because it was <laughs> this year. Yep. It happened. This is the year of the logger. Uh, 2023 was the year of the logger. So eat it, how's lunch? It happened. And speaking of such things, I think now we have to get our other drop ready, Tony, because now it's time for Griff's Logger of the Year. Griff's Logger of the Year. Griff's Logger of the Year. Thank you, Tony. You're welcome. Very good. And, uh, well, I'll go first because it's really my choice, frankly. But, um, for me, the logger of the year was one I really only had at the beginning and at the end of the year. <laughs> you bookended uh, it. I bookended it, but it, every time I have it, I am like pissed off because it t- it's so good. This is just, I like it better than Dovetail. I like it better than Metro from a pure taste standpoint. The only thing that drives you nuts about, about these guys, and maybe a little bit with Dovetail too, is they have that pretentious logger making vibe about them i don't even think they are pretentious it just has that element to it and they, uh but man is it good it's the gold finger pills from downers grove illinois good golly it's about as good of a pills as i've i've had here in the states it's my lager of the year um i wish i had more of it right now i should have brought some home but i had a whole backpack full of metropolitan I was never going to make it home but shout out to them Congrats. I'll be back in the summer to drink more. My Tony, nom- how about you? My nominee for Griff's Lager of the Week is Dark Magic. <laughs> it was a collab between Goodland and um, Sailor's Grave. I forgot the nah. name of Sailor's Grave there for a second. And all Gips, all Gippsland yep. collab. Yep. Basically, they, they sandwich Mathco. Almost equal dif- distance between the two. Sailors is a little bit further. Um, but delicious beer. It was a Belgian-style Pilsner. Um, really, really delicious. But the winner of this um, category is... Oh, wrong drop. Yes. I had to mess it up once. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, the crickets go on for a while. That's a default sound that comes with it. It's Griff's segment. You know it had to be. Goldfinger pills. If it was good enough to book no. Andy's year, it has to be the winner. Yeah, I agree, Tony. It's that's as good as it as it got for me lager wise this year. Although I did have a delicious lager from um I mean it was an IPA actually from Goodland. And I think I had some something from Sailor's Grave that I quite liked too. So I I presume those two guys can make a nice lager together. All right, Tony. Uh, we're down to our last five, these are uh, five or six here. These are some of our big awards for the year. Yep. And this one, I'm not sure we've done before either. This might be the most organized of our, we've ever been for our awards. <laughs> yeah. This is crazy. 
Um, but this year we are doing an award for best tap room. Now this is best brewery tap room. Um, and I'll start on this one is, uh, my best tap room I went to this year was the Beachwood Blendery in Long Beach. The Beachwood Blendery, Blendery in Long Beach, uh, formerly the Beachwood Blendery, now just the Beachwood Tap Room. Uh, they have one whole side of their taps dedicated to just the Blendery beers. There you go, yep. All they have is the uh, Funk beers on one side, another tap dedicated to just the clean beer, the IPA, the West Coast, the, uh, the lagers, all that, uh, all that good stuff. Uh, they have a great setup there. Um, I've been to the other Beachwood tap rooms. Those are also good, but this is specifically best tap room to me. The former blendery in downtown Long Beach. 100% recommend if you find yourself in the LA area. Uh, you got to find your way down there. It's it's as it's as good of a place as you'll see in California. Tony, how about you? It's one that you and I have visited together. But there was a couple of contenders. Um... But I ended up settling with La Serene and their new location. Um, it's in an industrial estate, uh, but the setting absolutely suits everything that they do. It is um, thoroughly modern compared to their old venue, uh, but it still suits their style of beer. The food we had was outstanding. The tap list was pretty fucking outstanding, if you remember back to that day as well. It was, yeah. So. Boy, they were incredible. They had that Jester King collab. They had um, they had a whole set of La Seren, com, even compared to Wildfire. I was pretty impressed at the at I, I thought uh, Wild Wildflower. I thought yep. Wildflower would um would be what was was excellent, but but there is something about La Seren that really was quite competitive. I was uh, uh, I, I I think they really stood out. But now, Tony, let's uh, let's pick a winner here. What do you on. think? The audience, um, I think, has been put in the wrong spot. The audience pick for the best bar should actually be in the best tap room. Oh, okay. I think you're right. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, let's let's move it up there. So uh, we did have a, Nick. Nick came through with a audience uh, nominee. The t- oh god, he just wanted me to say the name. The Tegernsey t- 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 Brow House. A stunning thousand-year-old Bavarian brewery. It doesn't get much better than drinking cold Hellas while sitting in the lakeside beer garden with magnificent alpine views on a hot summer day. Good Lord, that does sound good, huh? It does. Sounds amazing. I was just trying to throw that into Google to see if I could get a pronunciation, but I don't have my speakers on, so I can't actually tell you what it should be. Oh, man. Rats. Well, Tony, I think it's this is gonna be a tough one to pick a winner for. I I got a I got one in my head, but I think you might have another one. Okay, well, I'll let you choose this one. Tony, I think I gotta go for once. I gotta go with one that we picked. We went to together. I think it's Lost or Uh I think it uh, as much as I loved Beachwood, and I yep. will be back at Beachwood many times. Beachwood's already got an award. They already got it. They already got one. Yep. They won Best Brewery last year, I believe. So, um, as good as that taproom is, I think La Seren delivered on um, on quality for sure, on atmosphere, and on the food was what you got to remember. <laughs> the La Seren food was baller. Beachwood, that blendery room doesn't have food. Um, 
now the pizza, they have the pizza at their Huntington Beach spot, but not at this one. The lost around the sardines, right? They had the, um, the that whole cheese and meat set up. It was really, really good food at that place. I think a well-deserved winner. So I got to go lost around on that. Um, over the thousand-year-old brewery in <laughs> Beachwood. Good for them. All right, Tony. Next one up. It's just best bar. Tony, yep. give us your best bar. Mine is a place that we visited while you were in Melbourne, and that is the Bread Milk Head Shop uh, in St Kilda, um, just uh, down downstairs basically from the tap house in St Kilda. Um, they have what? Oh, right. Yeah. Half a oh, dozen that place taps. Is so good. Yep. But they're, they're curated um, fridges. It's so great to just grab a beer and, and, and drink. We, we grab some great stuff out of their fridges. Not a huge tap list, but super well curated. Um, great music, great place to hang out. Uh, the owner is really um, great dude. Um, I think he's the owner because he's been there every single time I've been there. So uh, I'm guessing he has to be the owner. Uh, Griff, what about you? What is your choice? Well, I had no choice. It's the silver stamp. There's, there's where, where else could I possibly pick? Um, there's nothing like the silver stamp. There's nothing in the world like the silver stamp. I don't think, and I think because of my familiarity with it, it's hard for me to communicate to people how different of a place it is and how great of a place it is. But yep. what's, it's all going to change this year because – Tony, I don't think we talked about this, but the Craft Brewers Conference this year is in Las Vegas. Oh, boy. That's right. I mean that and because there are a couple of places, that and Corey's. I don't know whether Corey's are outside of, of Las Vegas, but those places no, are going to see huge. It's a great point. There's only a couple of places yeah. is the problem. So Silver Stamp and Corey's are about to uh, – we're about to learn about I think the world's about to learn about those places. Um, and I think Silver Stamp especially. I think Silver Stamp is really going to appeal to that crowd that sort of wants something a little more relaxed but still wants to have, like, a decent beer. Um, I think Silver Stamp's really going to pop. And uh, every time I'm in there, there's another person who says, like, I cannot believe this place is here and I cannot believe how awesome this place is. So I cannot wait for more of our listeners to find their way to the Silver Stamp because of the unique type of place that it really is. I, I think our our listeners especially will be blown away by it should they ever make it there. So, uh, Tony, who's the winner? I did love both of these places this year. Bread Milk was a secret standout because I, almost, I forgot the name about it. And the second <laughs> you reminded me what it was, I was like, oh, shit, that place is so good, dude. Yeah, um, it was amazing. That was a fantastic beer shop. The, the reason this one got the win is because it is located in a literal desert and a beer desert as well. It's not completely barren. There are the occasional oasis in Las Vegas, but the winner has to be the Silver Stamp. It is yeah. the the Dubai, the whatever the crown in the Emirates is, um, it is really the standout of the Vegas bar scene and that's what puts it over the top. Um, Melbourne is flush with good bars and good beer bars um, as 
sure. mentioned by the other awards, but the stamp has to get it because that's in a location that potentially should have more, but it doesn't. So they're catering to an audience that really needs that beer. Over a million yeah, people good. in the metro area, they need it. You know what was good was um, at that bread milk was that the, the St. Kilda um, tap house wasn't more than a short trip away, was it? It was right there, right? Two doors. Okay, yeah, there you go. I mean, <laughs> and the food at that place was good too. That was yeah. a nice. Uh, that was a nice time over there. They have we a good tap lease there as well. It's always yeah. solid. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, all right, running down to it here. Let's go down to the next one. The best hyper beard dork shit news. Hyper beard dork shit news. Tony, uh, who you got? I've got the complete mismanagement of the Dylan Mil- Milvaney um, personalized cans that Bud just fucking mishandled and mishandled, oh, yeah. then picked up the can and kicked it down the road. And then mishandled it again, and then they tried to shovel it off to somebody else, and they threw it back to them, and they mishandled it again. Just the worst handling of a situation I've ever seen. Fucking, I think a a Trump presidency was filled with less blunders than this thing. It was amazing. It was incredible. Uh, it was like watching. Uh, you ever see one of those plays in college football where they can't, nobody can pick up the ball, and they're just like kicking it all the way down into the yeah. end zone, pretty much. That's that's what this was. They were just like uh, uh, picking it up, dropping it, kicking it another twelve yards, hoping it would go away or go out of bounds, and then somebody else pick it up and kick it. It was so bad. Um, mine was sort of a specific moment in all of that. I just couldn't get over watching the, the sobbing uh, Kid Rock. I almost said Chris Rock. That would have been much funnier if Chris Rock shot a 12-pack uh, of Bud Light. Um, no, but it was Kid Rock. Uh, tears streaming down his face, uh, firing his uh, gun at, uh, at a, what was that, a 12? Was it a 24-pack of Bud Light, I yeah. guess? And if you remember, they had somebody off to the side with a, a tracer gun to actually make impact with the cans to actually oh, make right, it look yeah. spectacular. And then uh, what do we what do we find out just a few months later that we saw Kid Rock um, at at the uh, concert drinking some Bud Light. Never probably never gave one shit, honestly. No. Right? We gotta assume he was, he didn't care. It was all about and, uh, the uh, press that he got from it. And then he just said he's like, oh I ain't bothering with that anymore. It was um if you remember the Simpsons from the, the Australian uh, episode of the Simpsons yep. where Bart calls uh, the Australian family, puts the phone on, picks it up middle of the night. And they're like, sir, I've come back when I know which way the toilets are spinning. He's like, oh, I don't care about that anymore. And just hangs up the phone. <laughs> That's pretty much what this was. Uh, yep. uh, they tried to ask Kid Rock, even a serious question. He's like, yeah, yeah, I guess it was whatever. Sure. Um, could not have mattered one second to him. So it was very funny to me. Uh, that was great when he, when he shot his gun. I, we loved it. Tony, who's the winner? The winner, of course, is Kid Rock. Because when was the last time he was even nominated for a fucking award? His music has been irrelevant for years. His opinions are always dog shit. 
Um, but as a musical artist, you need an occasional award so you can put out your shitty redos where you're just using 95% of a Leonard Skinner song and you're doing super, super generic rap and some, over and the some top. Of a, uh, some of a, a Warren Zevon song. Sometimes. That's true, yeah. Right. That that gives me PTSD. I like Skinner, don't get me wrong, but Warren Zevon, his writing is in, in another stratosphere. Right. Uh, all right, Tony. Next up is Best Celty. Uh, I, I will go first here. Uh, my nominee for Best Celty, I don't have a specific flavor, unfortunately, but I am going to nominate the entire Moondog line. Yep, it's uh, pretty good. I, I loved the whole experience of drinking their seltzers from uh, uh, either from, I mean, the can was fine, but also being at Moondog World and they serve them out of the big soda fountain Yep, is so fun to me. That place is so great. It um, is a fun joint. Serving them in the, in the plastic cups and everything, it was, it was just such a fun, fun way to experience that. I thought they just tasted great. Um, they taste like soda pop is the problem. I mean, you, it feels like you could drink a hundred of them. Um, you could really, I feel like you could really fuck your shit up, which we did that day. In fact, yes. so maybe, maybe it's a culprit <laughs> here, but <laughs> um, those Moondog seltzers were super delicious and uh, they were well beloved in our group. Tony, how yep. about you? I'm going to sneak one in that technically isn't salsa, but we made Kelly do essentially her own personalized tour of the flavours that were available at the time. That is Bilson's. I know they're a vodka-based flavoured RTD, but they are delicious still. Um, They're now bringing out 6% versions of that. Um, So if you really Mm -hmm. want to get fucked up, you can do that. I'll stick to the three and a half percenters. Um, We see what happens when you, you jam in more alcohol into an RTD. Look at minus 196. Turns a great drink into rocket fuel. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, that shit wasn't good, huh? No, that oh, yeah, yeah, we didn't even talk about that on here, did we, the minus 196? Boy, it tasted like straight ethanol. It yeah. was it was like drinking gasoline. The regular is oh, great. Good Lord. The 6.5% yeah. is great. Tony, I, this is a diversion from what we're talking about, but I saw that Hard Solo is having to change its name. Yes, because um, Solo is, of course, a soft drink. Um, and in Australia, the federal government didn't like uh, a soft drink being alcoholised and then marketed uh, in the right. general uh, marketplace. So they have to change their name. It is going to be back out on the market, but not using the Solo moniker and Solo branding. So that's really the issue there. It's not that the product itself has been banned, it's just how they were marketing the product that was right. the issue. It's coming back as something else, right? Yes, I mean, it's it not is. A big deal. Uh, I did want to shout out two two other nominees from our year here. Uh, Kelly did nominate a specific flavor of United States seltzer, the Topo Chico Pineapple Margarita. Sounds delicious. I got to be honest with you. It sounds good. Um, that was her personal choice for winner of the seltzer bracket. Uh, and there is also the seltzer bracket winner, which I think gets an automatic entry into this, which is the truly pineapple lemonade, um, disputed by, uh, some participants who may live in this house <laughs> as to it being the true champion, but, uh, it is out there. So 
Tony, out of those four, big category, Moondog, Bilson's, Topo Pineapple Marg, and Truly Pineapple Lemonade. Of course, Pineapple King of Fruits. We know. We know uh, undisputed these. King yep. of Fruits. Undisputed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Who you got as the winner? It is Moondog. There is something fun about being in a warehouse with an open roof, watching the Las Vegas um, Grand Prix practice sessions. That's right. Um, drinking um, all the different flavours out of a soda fountain. It was just fucking great. Like I had a couple of beers and then I just got onto their their salsa, which is it's a great salsa. It's it's something that's available locally. Um, I'd actually have to get Mafco to start carrying that as part of their RTD line. Um, really, really big fan of those. Is Moondog available up by you guys? Yeah, you yeah. Guys get it in the IGA. I think that's that's some good tasting seltzer too. I mean, despite all the little gimmicks and the fun being there, yeah, um, those things are are, are tasty. Yeah, um, it, it is to me what I want out of a seltzer. It's that yeah. just enough flavor where it's always fun to drink, but not too much flavor where it pushes into like a Bilson's or a hard solo area where you're really just drinking soft drink at that point. That is still- yeah, you don't want it to taste like a pop. Yeah. Um, I drank, by the way, Tony, I had like a sip of a, well, I was drinking a, I don't remember what I, why I had some soda. Oh no, it was because I was at Silver Stamp and uh, it was a fellow friend of ours birthday, a uh, bartender, and the bartenders had bought him a, gone to a place called Rocket Fizz which is a place where they have like every type of pop ever, like the indie sodas and stuff like that. Yep. Like the Jones sodas and all that. They bought him a, a bunch of those because he likes random pops like that. And he, he poured some out to sample them for us. And I was like, holy fuck, dude, this is so sweet. Like I don't drink a lot of straight soda, like Coke or, or yep. pretty much ever. And I mean, for God's sake, I drink barley wine. And I'm like, this is so much sweeter than a stout. It's crazy. It's <laughs> wild to think that. But you drink it and you're like, holy shit, it tastes like straight up candy. It's wild. Um, so, yeah, you don't want it to be that sweet. I was, I was like my, my head blew. I used, I feel like I used to drink, when I was in college, I would drink like a 32-ounce Polar Pop Diet Coke every day. <laughs> and just the thought of doing that is so nauseating to me. It's wild. All right, Tony, it's the last two awards. These are the big, big awards. Yep. Um, and, uh, we're going to start with best beer of the year. Tony, what was your best beer of the year? Um, it was one that I shared with a member of our audience. Um, and it was $35 for a hundred mil pour, but it was the BBT, uh, beer from side Probeck. Side Probeck, classic (laughs) side Probeck. Um, it, it, it. It was bonkers. Um, if I had to put in an honourable mention, uh, there's actually two. Uh, Mountain Culture, um, I won't tell you which beer it is because it's in the audience section, and uh, it would be Deathstar because Deathstar was just bonkers for what it was and what it cost or what it didn't cost in your case uh, and the package yeah. size and the quality wow. you get there. Just like if we had... Um, category for bang for the buck or best value beer that would win hands down. Uh, still an amazing beer. 
And I got to say, my favorite was a side project, also drank at Carwin. It was the TWCP, the which is for the Wine and Cheese Place in St. Louis. Continuance 2021, had it at Carwin with you, Nick, Kelly, Kelly myself. Yep. What an amazing uh, stout that was. Really, really fantastic stuff. Um, good shit from them. Now, we did have Nick come in. This man loves him some mountain culture. I respect it. Yep. Uh, and he went for the Bicycle Day, which is their fantastic oat cream double IPA. Sounds fan- Sounds wonderful. That was an honorable mention um, for me. So good. Yeah, if I had to pick like a, you know, we all pick big stouts. It's crazy. I drink, I feel like I drink sours pretty frequently now. I guess if I had to throw a, you know, what's crazy is if I had to throw one in, it'd probably be a side project. If I had to throw in like another, what about you know, that cherry like one beer, we had? Beer to pay or what's that? What about the one we had at Beer Mash? The cherry. Oh, Sponson Cherry Frederickstall. Yeah, I love that every year. Yeah, that is some good shit too, Spon. Mickler, Spont, and Cherry, Frederickstall. Oh, rip. It's now it's going to be Carlsberg, Spont, and Cherry. Shit. Shit's going to be delicious if they're using those yeah, cherries. Right. right, exactly. All right, Tony, who's the winner? BBT, Bourbon Barrel Time. Yeah. Uh, you had it this year as well as Nick and I had it. Um, side Project just fucking banging out quality beer after quality beer and Griff has disappeared off my screen. So I will be getting him back, folks. Just hold tight while we uh, deal with this technical difficulty. Absolutely, yep. BBT, an amazing beer. Oh, man, I wish I had some right now. Um, So do I. Next one up, last one, the big winner of the year. Um, let's Tony, before we announce this year's big best brewery of the year, why don't we look back on the past couple of years of best brewery? Uh, I believe our 2022 winner was half acre. Yes. Correct. 20, well, 21, I guess, technically we announced it in 22. I remember doing it cause I was in our old little downtown apartment in, uh, here in Vegas. Our, um, our winner last year was, Ooh, am I skipping one? Do we have a different one? Didn't, was Deeds last year? Uh, or was Deeds the year before? Oh, yeah. Maybe it was uh, – Maybe it was. Um, have we done four of these? There's yeah, no way. Have I think we? We, we have done four. If we look. Oh, we have done four of these. Oh, shit. Oh, God. So, okay. So, we had Half Acre was the first. I think Deeds after that. Uh, I believe following it was deeds and burial were the were the two that year. That's what I yep. remember. It was deeds and burial because we had half acre before that. Then we had Beechwood last year. Um, Beechwood last year really just it felt like I had access to everything they made. <laughs> it was incredible. Um, and now we get to choose this year's uh, best brewery. This cannot I cannot believe it's been four years of this. This is insane. I know you you thought we wouldn't have enough content to get past seven shows. And we got past yeah. the seven show mark and we've just got longer and longer and longer. So Yeah, but if I look seven shows ahead from right now, it's hard to imagine having anything left to talk about, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, we, we find a way. We do find yeah. a way. Uh, to me, uh, Best Brewery um, in Australia, they do it every year. They, they win the hottest 100 beer. It is Mountain Culture. This year, as good as their individual beers were, and they were fucking 
killer. It was their collabs they did. Uh, if I was to do a beer of the week, it would be another collab that they did uh, with Garage Project. Um, it They did one with Firestone, not Firestone Walker, they did it with um, Sierra Nevada and they did right. another one yep. with... They did one with Firestone Walker. Oh, they did and do I one with Firestone it, Walker. I, I got that in, one. At least in the US, yeah. Yeah. And they but, did one with Sierra Nevada too. Yeah, Bubbling Billies. Um, yep. Yeah, I've got both of those still sitting in my fridge. They are still hopping up. Uh, they do big um, oat creams, neepers, uh, do great stouts. I've got a stout sitting in my fridge from them. Really killer brewery that, that know their niche within the Australian market. You're not going to get sessionable 3.5% beers out of them anytime soon. It's always going to be big, juicy, but balanced. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, I love Mountain Culture. My visit to Mountain Culture was wonderful. I do want to nominate our audience nominee is from Corey, who is, and the audience nominee from him is Urban Artifact from Cincinnati. Uh, I am actually familiar with this brewery. Uh, They do make excellent beer. They have a wide selection of many different styles, um, and and they're a very reliable brewer of many different styles. Uh, They do make a lot of um, fruited sour but not gluten, ungloopy fruited sour. Yep. And uh, they, they make some good, some good quality. So shout out to them. My nominee just couldn't let him go this year. They had a big year this year and I got a lot more of their beer in my hands than I usually would is side project. Uh, is any American brewery really delivering that the, the, I guess the sought after type of beers that these guys are right now at the scale they are. So we have plenty of these small breweries, the troons um, of the world types, the, the small, um, very tiny, very small bat wax wings is a good example. They make very small batches of, of very expensive, fancy bottles. Um, now side project does some very expensive bottles, but they make enough that it seems like, Almost someone in Australia could even get their hands on, <laughs> get their hands on them once in a while. It's crazy. Once in a while. Yeah. Um, but uh, another, they had a big year this year in that they also merged their other brand in. The shared brand has mer- merged in with Side Project, so they now under one brand house, one brewery brand. They're making, uh, they're making IPA. They're making lager. They're making brown ale. They're making ESB. Right, they're delivering that stuff with high quality in their tap room and in cans consistently, and putting out all those dry sours and saisons, and then punching out barley wines and stouts. So, just an insane diverse setting. You know, I value that. That's why I've loved the Beechwoods and the Half Acres of the world because there is able to put out an insanely diverse set of beers um, at. Tremendous quality and consistency. Uh, it's it's crazy stuff. So well deserved uh, nominee. Fine, first time nominee for best brewery for for side project. So Tony, the big winner of the Drippies twenty twenty three slash twenty four, whatever I've said. Who is? There can only be one. It has to be side project. We all had that this year. Um, sounds like they've really consolidated their business. 
Um, I can only imagine how good that IPA is and that ESB is. Uh, it's going to be scary good because the quality control they have out of their sour stuff is amazing. They just don't put shit out. Um, it's all quality and um, just amazing beer. I think a worthwhile winner. I don't know what your thoughts are, but I think they won it by a mile this year based on the beers that we had. A deserved experience, a winner, a win for them. I think it's um, it's probably been too long coming, honestly, for the amount we've talked about their beers over the years. Yep, I agree. Um, we 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 have talked about them quite a bit, but we both haven't been able to get access to them. So um, I think that was a big it's reason unusual for that. Why we hadn't actually spoken about them is because of that fact that we couldn't get hold. Well, I couldn't get hold of them. And it took an amazing right. event like that Cowan event to really grasp um, the magnitude of their beer. Well, and I think now they're they're making all these different styles too. Um, they have that that um, diversity in 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 style and drink it more some more drinkable beers too that I yep. think really sets them apart. Um, from someone who's who's hyper focused on something. Uh, oh, sorry, folks. I will get back to you again. We are having some serious technical difficulties. Hold with us one second. Griff's back. That was my fault. Well, something what, went wrong. Whatever I said was really good. Um, and the uh, that's the end of the drippies, twenty twenty something or other. So. If you're a brewery or a person, if you're a brewery who wants to do something cool and win an award, or if you're a person who wants to do something shitty and get made fun of on our show, please do it, uh, you know, within the next 12 months so we can, you know, pr- provide you with a appropriate recognition Yep. in, uh, in 2024, you know, go out there. Just, hey, listen, I got a ballot delivered to my house today. Seems like we're going to have a whole year of people doing crazy shitty things. Let's make sure we don't, Leave it out of the beer world because I need the content. We can't we can't rely on ultra right beer guy forever. I no. can't rely on the Epoch Times. Well, who we I'm can. not shitting you, Tony. Uh, and we'll talk about this next week. They must hear me talking about it, or there must be some location service stuff because they have placed no less than five billboards uh, within five miles of my house for the Epoch Times. <laughs> That are some of the ugliest billboards you'll ever see. Just like yellow tag. Horrible. <laughs> I love me some. I love the fact that they are so terrible at marketing and advertising and stuff. It's just great. Because we don't I mean, see they, enough of that. Even within the local media these days, everybody's become more polished other than the Felon Gong Church. They must, I swear to God, they're like, they're getting a lot of activity in the uh, nor- North Henderson area. Maybe we should put some billboards. <laughs> and it's my house complaining about them all the time. That's probably it. Um, so they're on my they're on my ass. Uh, it's going to be a big year for me and Fallon Gong. Uh, we can't wait to get to it, and we'll be back at it normally next week. Tony, why don't you tell people where they can find us? They can find us on the internet. We are on Untapped. That's where we check in our beers. That's where you would have seen several of these beers checked in. That man is Griff AD on Untapped. I'm St. Moz on Untapped. If you want to send a donation 
to our show, you can do it through PayPal. Griff can send you the link. But you can do it um, through Ko-Fi, and that's where we've got the target correct to get to the um, ultra right. wing beer. Uh, that is ko-fi.com forward slash beer engine podcast. You can check us out on Instagram. We are beer engine pod on Instagram, or you can send us an email beer engine show at gmail.com. I will say the one saving grace about our social media is that we weren't on Twitter slash X and had to spend a lot of time focusing on what we call it, whether we start calling it X or we start calling it tweets. doesn't matter to us. We're not on there. We don't give a fuck about Elon Musk. Well, we do because he's probably going to make humanity extinct, but that's for another show. It's true. Um, well, soon I'll, we're going to have uh, – supposedly we're going to get some new Elon Musk tunnels here in Vegas, so maybe those, maybe those will kill me. Maybe I can die in a cyber truck underneath the bowels of Las Vegas. That'd be really Haven't cool, they worked huh? out so well? Chip just has been amazing for transportation, just revolutionized <laughs> the world of, yeah, of things tunnel are much building. Better. Gang, real quick, uh, like Tony said, please get on to the, uh, the Ko-Fi and uh, throw us a few dollars yep. if you enjoyed the drippies. Uh, I know we've, uh, I, I know um, we would all like to hear about Tony's travails in the U.S. It'll make for some amazing content. And you all want to see me drink an ultra right beer, it, which at this, at this point would be probably a six to eight month old warm ultra light beer that's been sitting in a Florida warehouse. Uh, you know, I'm going to love how that tastes. Um, and if, if we get to a thousand dollars, I'll put on the swimsuit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll never get there, but it would be amazing. Uh, somebody donate. <laughs> you're right. I want to <laughs> say that. That sounds miserable. I'm going to take a screenshot of this and put it through mid-journey and say, put this man in a bikini, see what happens. Oh, God, it's not even a bikini, Tony. It's a one-piece. Oh, it is a one-piece. And then I have to get my uh, – I'd have to wedge my uh, shit into the – it'd be really hard to do. Well, late-breaking category in the drippies. Best merch of the year. We've got the calendar from ultra-right-wing beer or mm. conservative dad. We've got – the swimsuit from conservative dad, dad slash ultra right, or we've got the late entry, the official conservative dad's ultra right wing beer apron, the most famous <laughs> apron of all time. Purchase does not include pie. Okay, uh, makes an amazing gift for the conservative mum or dad in your life. Hundred percent polyester. There's a selling oh, wow. point. Black detachable uh, twill straps. These, and it's these fucking six. These right wing guys fucking love polyester. They can't get enough. Poly hey, they don't the want that shirt. To, that, that shirt breathes. Right. <laughs> if they aren't sweating immediately the, the second they put that shirt on, it's not manly. Fabrics <laughs> that can breathe are gay, of course. So. And have you checked out the? Um, the photo for the apron, it's kind of fucking amazing because it's like a modern 1950s kitchen and you've got the KitchenAid with the matching coloured utensil holder, the electric oh. stove. Now, there's a problem. Electric stoves, of course, 
um, the Liberals, of course, are pushing electric stoves. That should be gas if it wants to be truly oh, conservative. Shit. She has she has the color KitchenAid that we thought about buying. <laughs> Aren't you glad you didn't buy we, that color? We we know we bought a gun like a gunmetal. She's so this is also very interesting. So there's like some there's hidden Catholic uh, yes. concealed because you know she's got a full on crucifix. Yes, that's what there. I was so there's getting a red, to. There's a red haired lady, which right there. You're already walking that route road, and you got the full on crucifix in the back here, in high um, heels. So this is so this is a whole tradcath. This yeah. is a tradcath fetishism thing, yes. right? Damn, this is nasty, <laughs> right there. Anyways, I got the gunmetal KitchenAid, so don't yell at me. Um, yeah, right. Actually, it was Kelly's aunt saved our ass on that. And she's like, "You don't want that blue," and I got to the gunmetal. Like, <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Uh, yep, get on the Ko-Fi. Send us a few bucks if you liked it. Yep. Uh, we will be back. Thousand dollars to the swimsuit. In, oh God, we'll be back. Just let me make me drink the beer. That'd be much funnier. <laughs> uh, we'll be back in a week with some, with some more of our traditional garbage in about a week or so. So long. Farewell. For now. <laughs>